Well, good morning, everybody. And uh, it's so wonderful to be here with you today in worship and in this time of um, <clears throat> post-election. But it's also a time when we continue to celebrate God as our creator, sustainer, and living Lord. So let us just pray for now. Let's just come and pray together and just centre ourselves so we can hear the word of God today. Gracious, loving God, we give you thanks. We give you thanks that you are the creator, the sustainer. You are the one that has put all the stars into space. You are the ruler of all of the world. Lord, help us to remember that you are the one that guides us, leads us, and gives us new life. And you do this through your word. You do this through your presence. So today we ask that your Holy Spirit be upon us now, opening our hearts, our minds, to hear your word afresh and anew. May we be people of the resurrection, living a life in relationship with you, O God. I pray this in your holy name. Amen. So we've been... <clears throat> running our uh, preaching series for the last four weeks. This is our fifth week into this, uh, looking at living as people of the resurrection, um, looking and taking seriously what it means that our lives have been changed because of what Jesus has done, the forgiveness of sins that Jesus won upon the cross for our lives. We've been looking at what our lives could look like, should look like, if we're to live as people of the resurrection, living with the hope and the assurance that God has done it all for us. So as, we, as I wrap up the series today, uh, I want to give thanks to both Kerry and Annette, um, who had, gave us both wonderful messages over the past two weeks, a real blessing for us and a, and a challenge in our lives. So over the last four weeks, we've, we've looked at what it means when we are people of the resurrection, what it means to live with confidence, what it means to live in forgiveness, what it means to live with purpose and what it means for us to live in expectation. Today, as I'm going to explore with you, what I'm going to explore is living in relationship. And ultimately, living in relationship is God's ultimate desire. It's, it's God's desire for us to be in relationship with God and God to be in relationship with us, restored together. So I want to share with you, again, the reading from the very first week of this series as we're exploring living in confidence because it helps us set the scene for what all of this is about. I'd also like to share with you a reading from the very first book of the Bible, from Genesis, a reading that will help us understand God's ultimate desire to have a living relationship with each and every one of us. But the first reading I'm going to share with you is from 1 Corinthians, chapter 15, verse 57 and verse 58. And it will be up on the screen in just a second. But it says, but thank God he gave us victory over sin and death through our Lord Jesus Christ. So, my dear brothers and sisters, be strong and immovable. Always work enthusiastically for the Lord, for you know that 
nothing you do for the Lord is ever useless. See, Jesus' death on the cross and resurrection, which, which we live out of, has won over sin, has won over death for all of us. It's for all eternity. <clears throat> all death and sin has been removed. Jesus won this victory that has separated us from having this living relationship with God. He has restored that. He's restored that relationship through what he has done on the cross. So we should be living as people of the resurrection. We should be living in relationship with God. But the problem is we live in a broken world. We live in a world where sin has come into that. We live in a world where that relationship has been broken. Which brings me to the reading I want to share with you today from Genesis. This reading is, you know, and you've probably heard it numerous times or you may know it. Um, there's often lots of parodies around it. And, but, but what it highlights for us, and I want you to think about this and I want you to hear it, what is being said, and I want you to see the visual imagery here that of God's relationship with humankind. See, God wants that relationship and there was the original relationship, yet it became broken. So I want to share with you from from Genesis uh, chapter 3 and we're going to read from verses 1 through to 10. And it says this, The serpent was the shrewdest of all wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit of any of the trees in the garden? Of course we may eat fruit from the trees in the garden, the woman replied. It's only the fruit from the tree in the middle of the garden that we're not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it. If you do, you will die. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be opened as soon as you eat it and you'll be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit looked delicious and she wanted the wisdom it would give her, so she took some of the fruit and ate it. And then she gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it too. And at that moment, their eyes were opened and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. And when the cool evening breezes were blowing, the man and the woman heard the Lord God walking about in the garden. So they hid from the Lord God amongst the trees. And then the Lord called to the man, where are you? And he replied, I heard you walking in the garden, so I hid. I was afraid because I was naked. See, we have here a reading that helps us see the fallen nature of humankind, the separation that happens. We've got God that is walking amongst the garden freely and openly with, with people. That's a relationship. He's there. And we've got free access. And yet we choose to disobey God's command for our life, the one simple command then. We wanted to place ourselves as being equal with God and that separated us. We no longer have that close relationship that was split. Split because we were ashamed, split because we were naked and laid bare. You see, right at the beginning, 
that relationship is broken. The order was beautiful. The relationship was broken. Yet, God continues to seek us and continues to provide a way for that relationship to be restored. And we know that relationship has been restored through Jesus Christ, through what he's done on the cross, through that resurrection. See, relationship is important to God. Relationship is at the very heart of God. It's God's very nature. In fact, we talk about God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, which is God in relationship with himself, but we also know that God wants a relationship with each and every one of us. So to help us explore what this relationship, restored this relationship, what it means to be living in relationship, I want to share with you four important points about living as a Christian, especially about our relationships. And the first is this. There are four relationships I want us to explore. I'm going to share a Bible passage from us that highlights this um, for each of these. The first is that we have a relationship with God. God has a relationship with us. We have a relationship with God. I want to share with you a reading from Revelation 3, chapter 3, verse 20, that just highlights how God is wanting that relationship. I love the imagery that is happening here, the imagery of God in this moment and and us as people. And it says, look, I stand at the door and I knock. You hear my voice and open the door. I will come in and you will share a meal together as friends. What a beautiful imagery of relationship, isn't it? That you stand at a doorway. You just consider it for yourself. You stand at the doorway and you're knocking. This is God knocking for us to open up and God is going to share together that meal of joy and celebration as friends, together as equals. That relationship that is there is beautiful. God wants us to have a relationship. God is inviting us into this relationship. We just need to open up the door of our hearts, open up our mind to God so that that relationship with God may be restored. See, Jesus provides the way for us to have that relationship with God. Jesus provides that way because he has overcome sin and he has overcome death. And he gives that as eternal life for us, a relationship we have here now, but a relationship as we heard last week in expectation that we'll have life everlasting with God. And we know that Jesus Christ and the cross is the centre of all of these relationships the relationship with God and our second relationship, the relationship with ourselves, with ourselves. See, here we know that our relationship with ourselves is founded not in our own ego, but is founded in the fact that we are loved by God. We are children of God. Let me share with you from Galatians chapter 3, verse 26, and it says this, For you are all children of God through faith in Christ Jesus. So that's building our relationship about who we are. We are a family. But more, we have our identity in that God has created us, has blessed us. We have our identity in the light of that relationship God has with us and we have with God because we are blessed children of Christ. 
We are made in the image of God. We are made wonderfully. We are made beautifully. However, we know that within that, as we read in Genesis, we know that our relationship and who we are, our own identity is broken because sin has crept into the world. And yet, even because that is broken, God has provided a way for us, and that is in the cross of Christ. What we do when we want to have build that relationship with self based upon who Jesus Christ is, based on the fact that we are children of God, is that we want to continually seek to be more like Christ, more like Jesus on day in, day out. We want to become more like Jesus each day. That's what it means to live in relationship with self as the image of God, as who we are. See, our third relationship that we have We've got our relationship with God, we've got with God, we've got our relationship with self, and then we actually have our relationship with our fellow believers, our brothers and sisters in Christ. Let me share a reading from Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23 and 24, that highlights the important nature of this relationship, highlights what we are meant to be doing, that we come together and we have relationship with our fellow believers. And it says this, let me hold tight without wavering to the hope we affirm for God can be trusted to keep his promises. So God is going to keep his promises to us as believers, as a fellowship of believers. And let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. So here we have Paul encouraging the church to actually understand what it means for us to to continue to be in fellowship with one another, continue to meet together to hear the good news of Christ proclaimed, continue to meet together to worship God in song and spirit, continue to meet together to pray together, to uphold one another in faith, to encourage one another, to lift people up. This is is what it means when we have relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, when we have fellowship together. It is not, you know, let me say this. Christianity, while it is our personal relationship with God, is so important, but Christianity is not an individualistic faith. Yes, it is about our decision to accept Christ into our life. It is God's love for us individually, but it is about us as community. It is about us as living together, sharing the burdens sharing the joys, encouraging one another, lifting one another up, correcting when people move astray, championing when people say yes, celebration. And here's the thing. We don't have Christianity in isolation. Christianity is about community. It's about our relationship with our fellow believers. You know, it, it, it's actually really interesting. 
If we actually have a look in the Gospels and we have a look at what Jesus did with the disciples about when he sent them out to go and proclaim the good news, to spread the good news about the kingdom of God, he didn't send them out as individuals, did he? He sent them out in pairs. He sent them out in groups because he knew the fact and the importance of community and togetherness, the support that provides for one another. We, as fellow believers, need to be doing that ourselves. We need to be proclaiming the kingdom of God, not just in our own little space, but together as a community, together as people coming and talking about Christ and what it means for each and every one of us to be believers, to talk about our relationship, our relationship with God, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also our relationship with the world. And that is our final relationship that I want us to talk about at the moment. We have relationship with God, with self, with our fellow believers, and we have relationship with the world. There are three re- two, two readings here that I want to share with you, and one you all know really well because it's, it's, it highlights so clearly the relationship God has with the world and therefore how we are to have that relationship. From John 3.16, it says, For this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but actually have eternal life. This is the promise. This is the promise of relationship that God has for the world, everybody there, to have life not to perish, not to be separated, but to have that relationship that comes back to God, brings us back. That's what the promise is. And it's rooted in God's love for each and every one of us, for the world. This is not a the world as in this um, plants and animals and everything else. Yes, creation is important. It's not the buildings that we have. It's not those. It's the people. It's what God has created that. He loves. It's that restoration back to the very beginning that God wants just to walk through the garden with everybody. It's the same thing. God loves us and wants us to be restored. Have we know that our relationship with the world is not the same as us loving the world and doing what the world wants? God has a relationship and we, with the world, to draw our people back together, not to be separated. This is the mission of God, and we, got, we, we can use a Latin word for the missio dei, that's the mission of God. And as believers, we are drawn into this mission of God for ourselves, to show the love of God for the world, to, to tell people of Jesus Christ. We're not to be like the world, but we become, as we said, more like Jesus every day. And see, Romans chapter 12, verse 2, highlights this for us. It says, don't copy the behaviour and the customs of this world. Even though God loves the world, we're not to copy the behaviours and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Let God's relationship transform you to become more Christ-like day in, day out. 
And then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. See, God wants us to love the world, not to be in love with the world. God wants us to have a relationship with the world founded in the mission of God. God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, Jesus Christ, that we may all be saved and have eternal life. See, these four kinds of relationships that we have as believers can be thought of this. And let me, let me just put it into a little kind of different framework for you. See, our relationship with God is about our devotional relationship. It's about how we are devoted and adore God. See, our relationship with ourself is about formation. It's how we are formed in God's image and how we are changed and how we change because of the love that God is on us. Our relationship with fellow believers is relational with each other because it builds our relation. It builds our connection with believers. It builds our connection around the world. And our relationship with the world is missional of going out and proclaiming the good news of Christ. So as I wrap up this series, as I wrap up this message today, I want to ask you a couple of questions for you to just sit on and ponder just in this moment. I invite Kerry to come up and just, um, just tinkle on the keys for a moment. She's just got to grab some stuff just as she's coming up. As I ask these, these questions for you, what I would like you to do is close your eyes right now. I want you to think of who you are in this space. How is your walk with God going in your life? Are you becoming more like Christ in your life? Is your relationship with God, is it deepening or has it stagnated or drifting away? What is happening in your life? Are we living more like a resurrection people? Are we becoming more Christ-like? Are we living as a person of the resurrection? This is such a profound question that we ask ourselves. Has what Jesus done on the cross the forgiveness of sins and his resurrection, his conquering of death and giving of new life, a new life everlasting for us. If we're to take upon that, if we're to put our faith in Jesus Christ, is our life reflecting this? Is our life reflecting that we are living as people of the resurrection? Are we living our life because Christ has died and forgiven us? Our relationship with God is restored. Let us continue in a state of prayer right now. Gracious, loving God, 
If we're far away from you right now, Lord, we just say, I want to be close to you. If our relationship with you is fractured, Lord, help me mend that. Help me break down the barriers that I've placed in my life that is stopping me from opening that door that you are knocking on in our lives. Oh Lord, if our relationship to ourself is somehow battered and bruised and we look upon ourselves, we don't see that we are created in the image of God, that we are wonderfully and beautifully made. Lord, I just ask that you, you challenge us. You help us to know that, that we are created in your image. And because of that, there is beauty, there is hope, there is love, there is joy. There is the fact that you have created us. Oh Lord, if what you're placing upon our hearts at the moment is that we have become so individualistic, so fractured in our relationship with our believers, that all we want to do is pull them apart or pull, pull down another believer because of them of whatever it is. Lord, help us to move beyond that. Help us to take that apart. Because Lord, you love us all. And help us to be in relationship in positive, helpful ways. Relationship with our fellow believers in worship, in prayer, in encouragement, in mission. And Lord, finally, if we in our life have become so in love with the world that we have drowned out your voice in our life, Lord, we ask that you forgive us. Forgive us so that we may know your love, love for us, that is beyond all things. Help us to be your hands, your feet, your voice in the world around us, helping those who need support, providing care for those that need a loving, helping hand. But more importantly, helping those see the love of God for them, that it may be made real. Oh Lord, we pray all these things in 